listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. That, that video that they share, that snippet from Black Klansman, always Bring catches me. me. Always catches me off guard, every Bring single me. time. Every every single time. Adam Driver, a, a little too. It was a little bit too comfy for me. I don't. I don't know. And you know, obviously the character is supposed to be like comfortable saying it. So like, whatever. But man, I was still just kind of like, "Ooh, buddy, Kylo Ren, why are you doing this to me?" <laughs> Oh, man. Um, All right. We are recording on all platforms, live on YouTube. All right. Y'all ready? Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 91. 91, guys. Well on our way to 100. Well on our way to 100. We might get there. This is a college football podcast this week. You know, we're all winners here. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Everyone is a winner. Everyone is a winner, including we Texas. All have a head coach. Not Sorry. Oklahoma football, but they're not present on this podcast. <laughs> LSU, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, LSU? You I, can't. Said Lincoln didn't want to play in the SEC. What, what more could they do? Coward. Coward. Quite, <laughs> quite literally, he. Coward. He, quite literally, he said, "Oh no, I'm not going to get the shit beat out of me unless it's in the first round of the playoff. Like I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> Like if I'm gonna uh, lose to the it. if I'm gonna lose to the SEC, I'm gonna make it look like I tried to get there. Yeah, when all my fans are already happy with my performance. It's not gonna be in the beginning of the season. It's gonna be at the end of the season. Yeah, and like worst case scenario, I'm going to the Rose Bowl. Shit is beautiful. Like, <laughs> if you don't know, if you're uh, breaking news, by the way, Lincoln Riley to USC. I'm I'm happy that we got to break that news for you. Incredible uh, they concept. played during Bedlam, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State played calling Baton Rouge like during a timeout <laughs> to fuck with Lincoln Riley. Whole time, this man was going back to Cali. You love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Just to literally, I'm not going to be here is <laughs> that meme. Um, Incredible content. So we're all feeling good. We're all feeling healthy. We're all feeling great. Feeling great and COVID free. Oh, good. Awesome. Uh, I got very that. thankful, you know? Yeah. Thanksgiving ate way too much food. TJ didn't eat until nine o'clock. Oh my God. <laughs> I ate early for my own. We had it like six 15. It's way earlier than I expected. I was very happy with my Thanksgiving. TJ getting roasted for stirring on Twitter. <laughs> I walked in the kitchen. I stirred every pot. <laughs> <laughs> that, said, I'm that, cooking this food. that just makes that just fits your Twitter life too. You'd be surprised how many DMs you get from women. It's like, oh my god, I didn't know you could cook like that. Well, of course I can cook like. That. Man, you are throwing you sweet potatoes and shit all over that stove. You are. <laughs> I wasn't even like you're like I'm cooking the food and it's just like going everywhere. I wasn't even. <laughs> Jesus, I Christ. can't. I can't say I was my most stuff during these videos, but the videos did happen. <laughs> all right. Uh... This week on One Take Podcast, we are reviewing King Richard, uh, the new Will Smith movie, the actually good Will Smith movie. Who, guys, <laughs> who would have thought? He's back. He did it. 
fucking back. back. Hey, we all, you know, you know, many of us said that Will Smith, he can't do it anymore. He really that that guy Will Smith doesn't have it. Hashtag Wash King. Wash King Richard. <laughs> Wash King. Wash King Richard is amazing. <laughs> you know, the, he the, he had that the, the underdog story of that is Will Smith at this point, guys. He started from the bottom. Now we're here. The yeah. underdog story of Will Smith. Well, like being completely honest, how long has it been since Will Smith made a like actually good movie? It's I mean, been quite a long time. It's I mean, since Hitch. <laughs> and even Hitch didn't have that great of ratings. I can I can probably tell you we've gone over this bit before on uh, Will Smith's career, and of course, well, this is always going to be a career uh, Will Smith career uh, retrospective podcast because he's currently doing that in the media. By the way, um, so I need him to cancel all further interviews and let the work speak for itself. I don't want to hear another sound bite from Will Smith about his personal life. Not ever again. I got I so care. sick of having sex with women. Oh, really? <laughs> Will, uh, please give us less information. Doing the book tour with the Oscar like campaign is going much. horribly for my guy. It's too much. He thought he was ready. He wasn't ready. He's too much. Okay, so he um was the the last two movies actually that he made before this were certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Bad Boys for Life and Spies in Disguise, the animated movie. Bad Boys for Life is fucking awful. I don't care what anybody says. That <laughs> but listen to this run. Before this, he had Gemini Man, Aladdin, which wasn't certified fresh. People still enjoyed him in that role. Bright, Collateral Beauty, Suicide Squad. Jesus Christ. Concussion, which take it or leave it, I guess. Focus, which take it or leave it, I guess. Not rated. A, uh, After Earth. I think and focus then, is fine. It's focus great, is fine. I think it's fine. But yeah, the last certified fresh movie before before Spies in Disguise that he made, where he was the main star, was Men in Black Three, all the way back in two thousand and twelve. That's insane. It's been almost ten years. <laughs> Especially also, Men in Black Three is not good. So yeah, it's the the run he's been on has been abysmal. I was waiting for Will Smith to give us another banger performance, and I think that he did it, man. This is good. This movie's really good. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get right into it. King Richard uh, came out just a little while ago. PG thirteen, a little long, two hours twenty four minutes, uh, seven point six on IMDb. IMDb right now. You can go see this movie in theaters, but if you're like, I got to be honest, I had to watch this on HBO Max. It was just one of those things. This is a movie I would recommend you give the creators their money, but this is a movie that you can't give Will Smith your money because he needs it. Um, this is definitely <laughs> this is definitely a movie that you can watch like at home. You know, it's a biopic, pretty standard. I think some of the tennis shots look well. We'll get into it, but um, a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. Um Directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, written by Zach Balin, stars Will Smith. Uh, is it Anjane Ellis? Yeah, Anjane Ellis, John Barenthal, uh, Sanaya Sydney, Demi Singleton, Tony Goldwyn um, are the main players here. Uh, Demi Singleton as Serena, Sanaya Sydney as uh, Venus. 
Williams and of course Will Smith as Richard Williams. Um, yeah, uh, this has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. We we're just talking about Rotten Tomatoes score, 98% uh, credit or 98% audience score. People really like this movie, man. Nice, damn. Yeah, people That's really, high. really like Holy this movie. Shit. I don't think it's making a ton of money. Um, it's not, not none of yeah. the HBO movies. <laughs> no, it's only gross. Ooh, shit. Not a huge budget, $50 million, probably all like financed, honestly, by Will Smith and, and Venus and Serena and all their production company, uh, only making $16 million worldwide, um, which probably is going to be one of the lowest for Will Smith ever, like to date. Wow. I would yeah, imagine. Probably. I would imagine. And because of the HBO Max thing, I mean, this is a movie, like, just to be honest, this is just a movie that you can, that you won't miss a ton by not watching it in theater it's not dune you know what i mean but uh yeah so it's not even like ford v ferrari or something like that that's a biopic but it's like very cinematic like it's it's tennis (laughs) i like that comparison like this is definitely i watched this on hbo and i didn't feel like i missed out on anything by watching it on a regular tv at home yeah all right dex go ahead give your review letter grade you know the drill yeah, so obviously I was excited about this movie because like this is Will Smith's Oscar chance. It's like his last best last chance at like winning a best actor Oscar, we think. And you know, so people have been talking about it, hyping it up, you know, since it premiered at award shows and all that. And I I actually really liked it more than I thought I would. I was like, I don't I don't know why they're making a you know a movie about richard williams you know like a lot of people have made the comment oh why didn't they make it about venus and serena like it's about them or whatever but when you actually watch the movie you're like oh this makes sense their dad like did all of this shit to make sure that that happened like their dad was the one that basically got it out the mud and like put them like on this trajectory to be stars or whatever like from the jump and it's a very like it's an insane story when you really like wild called shot by that guy yeah well you really take it all in insane and i thought will smith did a great job and that like especially came through at the end when they like show clips of richard williams talking Mm -hmm. like the actual richard williams you're like holy shit will smith sounded just like that guy (laughs) i thought it was a bit it almost if you don't know who if you don't know what the real richard williams looks sounds and acts like it feels kind of like a like a caricature of a person almost his performance yeah and then, it feels like a character of like a southern like shreveport louisiana black man you're like okay he's like makes him sound he doesn't make him sound stupid but he makes him sound you know very like cartoonishly southern and then you hear him talking you're like wait a minute like this yeah. is spot on yeah so yeah i i thought will smith's performance was great we'll we'll see if he you know actually gets his oscar there's a lot of stuff to come out still in that race so we can like time it on it but uh, I thought the movie itself was actually really good. I thought, you know, the story was paced well. Like you, you know, you meet the meet the family, and like, you know, they're doing all this, like training, and like they're in the hood, and like you get all that aspect of it. And then, as he's like trying to move up and like, uh, you know, get them in front of all these like these random rich white people who can make a tennis career, you're like. Uh, you, you like keep getting there and like getting pushed back like something happens or whatever and like all of that i really enjoyed the tennis matches themselves could have been a little bit shorter like the 
like the climactic match or whatever with the I, the Spanish woman. I forget what her name is. Uh, whoever it is at the end like, that Venus plays, it's like went on a little too long because you're basically just watching a tennis match. And yeah. like, tennis, Loki, tennis long as shit. They never talk about the pace of play in tennis. Yeah, I love that you said you're basically watching a tennis match. You're, you are actually watching a tennis match. I mean, yeah, it's like match, it, it, like. it like stopped being a movie at that point, and you're like <laughs> just watching a tennis match. And I was like, okay, I'm, I appreciate this, but I'm good, bro. And especially like if you already know what happens, like in the real life tennis match, like, you know, this is kind of boring. Like, I already know where this is going. I'm watching. We know what became of uh, Venus Williams. Yeah, like there's that, but like if the specific tennis match, like if you already know what happens in that tennis match, you're like, okay, I'm watching like an old tennis match on my DVR from like 1994. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we could have cut this a little bit, but other than that, I thought the move was really good. I thought um, Andre Ellis actually gave a great performance mm-hmm. and kind of unheralded uh, as the mother. I forget her name. I think she has two names or like used a fake name at some point in the movie. Anyway. Uh, I thought she gave a great performance. I thought that uh, Aura scene, you know, Brandy Williams. Yeah, and uh, the Venus and Serena. They, I thought they were great, and you know the time that they got in the movie. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it overall. On like one of the weird choices that I was like caught off guard by. They don't really acknowledge uh, their older sister at all. Like she's in the movie, but like she was very like infamously murdered. Like in uh in la like in the early shot 2000s and, yeah shot and killed right yeah and it yep. was like a very dramatic thing and she's in the movie but they like it's like, a, it's like a gang shootout too like it was very relevant to parts of the plot I, yeah I, I felt like at least and they just never really acknowledged that and i thought that was weird it wasn't even like a in loving memory like in the credits or anything at least not the beginning of the credits maybe it was at the end i didn't stay till the end but you know i thought like they could have done more to acknowledge her because she's like in the movie but other than that I really liked it and I give it, you know, an A minus. Yeah, they go out of their way to really, you know, mention how smart and talented she was, especially like she's a valedictorian and she's staying here. And then they just don't mention it ever again, which, yeah. you know, their choice. I mean, the Williams sisters, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, they were the produ- one of the main producers of this film too. So yeah. they were hand in hand with it. But it is an interesting choice. Teej, go ahead. Wait, Dex, did you give it a letter? A minus. Also an A minus. Uh, I, I love this movie, but I expected to love it. This is just such a cool story, kind of ripe for the telling. And I felt like they did a really good job of playing on certain aspects of the movie uh, that people, like the parts of the story that people remember. I watched it, I had the pleasure of watching it with my family. So obviously my parents who are older than me and younger cousins, and uh, my nieces and nephews. So there was a, a, a good number of generations in my living room. My grandma was there. So we're watching this movie, which my family absolutely loved. Uh, and, you know, some people in the room remember certain aspects of the story that other people in the room don't remember. So I actually did not remember uh, whether Venus won the last match, although I could tell by the way it was set up that she was going to lose the match. But I thought they did a really good job of, of the way that they shot it and the way that they kind of drew it out. I, I'm the opposite of Dex. I really like the way they did tennis in this movie. I actually said out loud, I like, I like tennis, so maybe I'm biased, but I actually said out loud, I like the way tennis looks on film. Like I wish that there were more tennis movies. I would love to go watch more tennis movies. 
I thought they did a good job of playing on the fact that most people watching this movie aren't going to remember the specifics of this match because we just assume that Venus is going to win because we're watching a movie and the good guy always wins. So I think they did a really good job of setting it up so that she was obviously winning. But then when the bathroom break happens, it's pretty clear she's going to lose the match or they wouldn't have put the bathroom break in the movie. That's right? a, that's a, not the bathroom break, but the Hollywood, it's some, oh, some BS, <laughs> some BS that they did that, but it, it's some Hollywood stuff because not only was like, I don't want to be that guy, but it's like Michael Jordan didn't make, Michael Jordan didn't make varsity. Yeah, Michael Jordan did make varsity when he was a freshman. Yes. Like <laughs> Venus Williams, Venus Williams was 14 playing the number two person in the world, and it was the semifinals. Like, like it's yes. not as climactic as they make it theme, but yeah, I, I agree though. It is very cinematic, and that's Hollywood for you. You know what I mean? It was already very clear that she belonged there, just the fact that she's even on the floor with this person. But yeah, I think they did a really good job of of the of, of making it into a Hollywood story. Uh, however, there were some parts that were weird. I obviously had a really big issue with not mentioning uh, the sister because I felt like it was such an easy point to make there when you start the movie with her being accosted by what I, what I assume are gang members. I assume they're supposed to be gang members. So she gets accosted by these gang members and, and, and Richard tries to stop her or to stop him and gets beat up. It seems like a perfect way to circle back and say this person actually died as a result of gang violence. Not only that, they have a drive-by shooting in the movie. Yes, like literally in the movie, there's a drive-by shooting. And I also found it very weird that if we're going to go through the whole process of telling the story and this guy gets killed right before Richard kills this person, which I would love to talk about further in this episode because I have a lot of thoughts about that yeah. particular scene. Uh, and that I story was like, line. what the fuck is this? <laughs> heavy for uh, this tennis movie. Holy yeah. shit. Extremely heavy. But I feel like if you're going to go through the whole process, they literally show when they are going to move to Florida with the coach and they say, everybody's coming except for, except for Yatunda, the oldest sister, because she, her life's here. I thought when that happened, oh, there's definitely going to be something about the sister at the end because they can't just leave that. That's the last you hear of this person is they're staying in Compton because their whole life is here. Was she not in the stands for the final match? Was she? Oh, I, oh, sorry. You're right. She was. You don't. She's not acknowledged, but she's there. Yeah. But I thought it was so weird to mention specifically that the whole family's moving to Orlando except for her and then not circle back and close out her story. I found that to be a really weird choice. And I found the whole gang violence storyline where they're obsessed with the sister to be very clunky. We did not need this storyline in this movie. They don't even close it out. I hated the addition of it. I didn't need it at all. Uh, I, other than that, I thought the movie was incredibly well done. I thought Will Smith did an incredible job. Even before, I had already seen interviews of, of King Richard or, or Richard Williams, so I I, I kind of had a, had a sense of what his cadence was like and what he sounded like. I thought Will Smith did an incredible job of those moments where he would say something that would be awkward to you or I if we said it in a room full of people, especially people that are relative strangers or people that are trying to give us something. People of influence. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the way that he would speak to them, the way that he would impose himself in, in the coaching, if in the wrong hands, the performance isn't as good as Will Smith makes it, you don't walk away from those moments feeling like you're on his side. It's very easy to show that in a way that makes us feel like this guy's being a dickhead. Why is he being so rude to people? But instead, the whole time, me and my whole family are like, I understand him. I get him. Like, yeah. Every time, I love the scene where the reporter is asking all the questions and he gets on the reporter. is like, don't question her confidence. She said something with confidence. 
And every time you ask her another question, you are inherently questioning her confidence. You might not realize that's what you're doing, but you are so galled by the fact that she could have said this kind of confidence that you keep asking the same question over and over again. I love that scene. It made perfect sense because that's what happened to these people. Nobody thought that they were going to do this. Not only did they look different, she comes out of the that that last match with beads on, which didn't isn't how it happened in real life. She didn't wear the beads for the first time in that match. She had already worn the beads in the previous matches, but for the movie's sake, you have to have this big moment where they wear the beads. That's what we all remember. So, uh, you know, not only do these people look different, not only is it crazy that these people can even be here, of course people are doubting them. And I, I thought they did a really good job of trying to show the kind of subtle ways in which these kids these literal 14-year-old kids are being doubted by these people that are people that they might look up to or people that they've seen on TV, and these people are just inherently doubting them, maybe without even realizing it. I thought they did a really good job of drawing that out and making you feel always on his side, even though sometimes he's an asshole. Sometimes he's very overbearing with his kids. Sometimes he's just wrong. Sometimes he's just like, no, that's not the right decision. But you're still with him because you see the vision and that is something that you only get with the performance. If the performance isn't there, you don't walk away feeling that way. So I I really enjoyed it. I'd give it an A minus, and I'm really happy that I watched it with my family because I kind of got different perspectives. My niece is six. I think she had barely heard of Venus Williams. Like she might have heard of Venus Williams before, so she had no idea where the story was going at all. She had no idea, and watching her react to it was just really cool. So I enjoyed it. Um. I mean, he literally like goes up to like the the guy that's about to give him like a sponsorship and like pay for their coaches is like, I'm glad you all took your hoods off before you came into the before you came into the into the club. Like, God damn. Like it's like <laughs> they're trying to give you money, bro. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, for me, there were a lot of times where I was like, Oh yeah, he's an asshole. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. you are being a dickhead. Like, yeah. But like when he, he's like, Oh, uh, Oh, we didn't tell you we're not playing juniors, bro. I was like, oh, like, you fucking you what? <laughs> <laughs> like, we had a whole negotiation. You just failed to mention the fact that you don't, we're not playing juniors. You didn't tell me that until I moved you here? Yeah. Like, bro, I'm paying for your house. <laughs> I would have drove off. Like, uh, I, I'm gone. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, there. what I liked most about this story and um, is that there's more nuance to it because it, if given in the wrong hand, you know, like, is this guy like a, uh, uh, Bobby Jack or not a Bobby Jackson, Michael Jackson's dad, you know, like, Joe is Jackson. he say that again? Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson. Sorry. Yeah. Bobby Jackson, the, the, the three point specialist, Bobby Jackson. Um, <laughs> no, is, is he, uh, see like a Joe Jackson character where it's like, he just beats his kids into stardom. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, it's not. It's it's more nuanced than that. It's like, yeah, he worked the shit out of these two girls, and obviously the rest of the girls too. The you know that he that he was the father of with his se- his second wife because man, this guy had a lot of kids too. Yes, but like, um, there's there like seven of them aren't mentioned in this, but like, uh, you know, if it's more nuanced than that, and I really appreciated that. Because, yeah, he worked the crap out of these kids more than, like, probably most kids should be worked. But Venus and Serena aren't complaining. And it's their story to tell. So mm. it's just like, you know, it, 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 it I, I really appreciated the nuance in that because it was really interesting. Because, like you said, sometimes he's just wrong. You know, sometimes he's just wrong and, like, not having her play for, a, for like, a long time. 
like this is probably not the move you know what i mean it worked like how are we gonna tell how are we gonna tell richard williams what to do when all of this like all this worked it's like the kanye thing like what would have what would i have done if i didn't win like i guess we'll never know like yeah. it just is it just literally is one of those things that okay you can say that he was really tough on these on these girls and and all this stuff but he literally willed this into existence yeah is that right or wrong that he chose these two daughters to to be these superstars i don't know did he profit off of his kids yeah absolutely definitely but like he also went out of his way to make sure i love the nuance like he went out of his way to make sure that they had a childhood that they were in school that they were making good grades and all that stuff and i didn't know that so like i could have come away from this movie thinking like this guy was like a joe jackson character or name a name mm -hmm. a shitty dad like of any sort of star you know what i mean there's been a billion of them in history we're Marvin just Gaye's dad is pretty bad well yeah uh <laughs> Even Beyonce's dad, it's like, uh, relax, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, na name Britney Spears dad. Just go down the yeah. line. Name yeah. somebody. Like, it just, it usually there's like a parent behind it that's like, oh, you're awful. Normally. Like, if you mm -hmm. get child stardom, and especially in tennis, nobody likes to, nobody not likes to, nobody talks about how much money is in tennis so much money like yeah. like like if you're not playing golf or soccer you better be playing tennis like yeah. nobody talk, or, yeah like or baseball but yes yeah well it takes like 80 years to like make that kind of money like carlos yeah, correa is 27 true. he's never he's not gonna see half the money that serena williams is gonna see <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just is it it is bananas that he willed this into existence and he, right wrong whatever but the the williams sisters it was their story to tell and i like the way that they told it with nuance but that also like you said teach comes off in there in will or not williams will smith's performance and you know caitlin my wife said it best she's like you know it's really interesting i came away from that movie not really you know not thinking oh that's will smith because that's what we do that's it's what will, we usually do it's will smith it's will smith doing the will smith thing in this Will Smith movie, and we go to the movies to see Will Smith. You know, it's like we go to the movies to see Matt Damon. Like, but Will Smith has a certain thing and a charm that still comes out in this performance, but it's 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 such a good embodiment of who that guy is, especially like Dex, like you said, if once you see the end of the movie, you're like, oh, his physicality, like he's slump he's slumped over. You know, he's got yeah. like kind of like a hunchback and he's kind of just walking like waddling and all this stuff. It's it's man, it's good. It's very, very good. Will he get the Oscar nomination? I think he probably will. Will he win? I don't know. He's definitely getting nominated. Yeah, I, don't know I haven't when, seen enough but... of the field yet, but he's 100 percent getting nominated. We can yeah. say that on this podcast right now. Breaking yeah. news. Will Smith will be nominated for Best Actor this year. That's how good this mortal is. mortal lock of the century is that he will yes. be. He will they want to give Will Smith an award so fucking bad because Will Smith is great, and you might be surprised to know, or you might not be surprised to know that Will Smith doesn't have a long history of 
uh, being up for Oscars because of the kind of movies that he makes. And now he's had Oscars, two nominations. He, two. He's been nominated for Ali, uh, which is an Oscar movie. Like, but yeah, like a, this a is a clear an cut Oscar, Oscar movie. Like Classic this is an Oscar movie. <laughs> it's like yes. three hours long. Like, yeah, yeah this is an Oscar movie. And you can tell this was made with the intention to put Will Smith in a moment where the camera's on Will Smith about 98% of the time. The only time you don't see him is when you see the little girls playing tennis and then we go right back to Will Smith. So he's on screen a lot of the time. This is clearly an Oscar profile kind of picture. He's going to be nominated for this for sure. And they love Will Smith. And who doesn't love Will Smith? White people love Will Smith. Everybody loves Will Smith. So they're going to yeah. have, love having him at the Oscars and doing all the interviews. Like, he's going to be nominated for sure. Yeah, everybody, like, Will Smith is going to all the, the Critics' Choice Award banquets <laughs> and, like, dinners and shit like that. And they're all going to fucking love him because it's Will Smith. <laughs> he's, like, critics- he's, like, he's like one of the best, you know, you, you have him on your talk show and he's like, he's going to steal the room for sure and yes. tell an 18-minute anecdote. That like of like when I was making Bad Boys Three and you know and just like all that shit. Please don't tell any stories about that. Film. Well, you know, tell us about like, Bad Boys One. But um, yeah, like at the I don't like the fucking Gotham Awards or whatever in New York City. It's gonna be like a bunch of famous people in a in a room. Like they've all got their separate tables or whatever with like their studio reps and all this other shit. There's gonna be Will Smith there. All the critics are going to the Will Smith table to listen to Will Smith talk about nice. shit. Like that's just what it is. Because he's so, a movie star. Not only is he and I don't blame them. I would be at the Will Smith table too. And not to go too inside baseball, but this is quite literally how Oscars are won. People are campaigning for them. We don't see it or recognize it unless you're a movie industry nerd like the three of us and we care about the Oscars as much. But it's very easy to see when someone is running for an Oscar. You don't just you're not just given an Oscar. You work for the Oscar, and I don't yeah. just mean the work that you do on the movie set. These people campaign for these things, and Will Smith is absolutely campaigning for this Oscar. They right give now. a vote to everyone that is uh. in the film industry academy, <laughs> and Dame Judy Dench ain't watching 18 movies. <laughs> the best performance of the year. Like, not to single her out, but she's old, and she's white, and she's British. Like, she ain't watching King Richard. So, like... <laughs> so, like... You know, I, you know, it just it is what it is. Like that's how it's that's how it's won. Is like these people are getting swag bags from Netflix and like random shit sent to their like shitty New York and LA apartments all the time. Yeah, and but Will Smith gonna, is taking selfies with their kids. Yeah, and my kid loves you and so and so. And see Will Smith, and he's gonna tell them stories about being the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Exactly, go, this guy deserves an Oscar. <laughs> Oh, I remember Bad Boys One. <laughs> um, Tell me that, about Carlton. Tell <laughs> my thirteen-year-old kid about Men in Black. I just showed it to him. Yeah. He loves it. Tell him all about it. Oh my God, Independence Day. Um, no, he's. It, it, this is definitely his best performance since like uh, Pursuit of Happiness, which it, there's a lot of that in this as well. I think it's kind of a mixture of his two Oscar performances, if we're being honest. But me like uh, it there's a lot of that in this and um yeah i just think it's it's very nuanced and there's not a lot of huge like swings in this you know there's definitely some like hollywood moments where you know he goes to serena is like you're gonna be the best of all time like come on man like (laughs) 
Like yeah. we know. I'm sure that he said exactly Venus will be number one, but you will be the goat. I'm sure that that is a word sure for that. word what he actually said in real life. I'm yeah, like, fucking chilling in an empty like tennis <laughs> arena. Yeah. Just like, yeah, you're gonna be the goat. I know it. Yeah, exactly. So don't you worry. Hold your head up high. You're gonna be you're gonna be the highest earning t- women's tennis player of all time because I said so. Um, yeah, the the whole the whole beginning uh kind of drive-by scene the only part that i found interesting really about that other than how shocking it was was that it, <laughs> it, this lets you know how like you're not in a normal will smith movie because he gets his ass beat like a couple of times yes like a couple times like he's he's just kind of a down on his luck sort of dude that's trying to make something happen and we've seen a thousand of these movies but something about it is always shocking when you see a guy that's known for these action roles and stuff just get kicked in the face you're just like all right this is a perfect point a little little different and uh yeah what makes will smith will smith is that he is or was an action hero with moments of extreme sincerity on screen and i you just took the words out of my brain this is literally the ali performance mixed with the pursuit of happiness performance the reason why people like Pursuit of Happiness is quite literally just because Will Smith is in it. It's mm-hmm. not like it's a special story or a story that we haven't heard. He was able to give us so much sincerity in his performance that it made us run to the movie stream. So this is what you're getting with this film, which is just objectively a really amazing and cool story. And now we got Will Smith at the center of it. And he we see him and we when we see him generally, we see an action hero. So it means a lot to see him just like get his ass kicked by some dudes and not even put up a fight because this is this is not just uh, Richard Williams. This is Will Smith. This is an action hero. This is the, the guy who's in Independence Day just getting the shit kicked out of him by three random ass dudes at a park. And like, yeah, you have to it elicits a certain emotion from you because we can trade on the fact that you all know who Will Smith is and you know what he's done. And now he's just getting his ass kicked in a weird looking sweatsuit from the 80s or 90s, <laughs> I guess. Short ass shorts. Um, I gave this movie. Uh, <laughs> I gave this movie also. Guess what? An A minus. I thought I thought it's it's. It's close to a B plus, but I would kind of side with like Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a 90. Like I, I would have had to give it like a number. Like it, it, there's several things that, yeah, it's a little too long. Um, you could have just called this the Venus Williams story as well. Um, <laughs> because there's a lot about her, uh, which is which is fine. Hey, folks, people forget. Yeah, how, yeah people forget how good Venus, the number one tennis player, Venus Williams was. That helps the movie, by the way, because people yeah. people really it's so Serena everything now and Venus is older people literally forget that before Serena took over the world Venus took over the world like she was everything yeah she was like you know she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and all the all the the Wheaties box and everything else she was number one player in the world she won she's won five Wimbledons I think four Wimbledons insane yeah, yeah, like if her sister wasn't the goat, she'd be like in the, the goat, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, like. Um, yeah, so it, it really is uh some of the some of the back and forth uh race stuff is is like the the it it isn't on the nose, like it's it's needed because like look, the only African American tennis player was like Arthur Ashe, you know, like so it really was and especially two girls from Compton you know, with an abrasive father, like it definitely turned a lot of these country club white people off. So it's a, it's a story worth telling, you know, but some of the, I don't know, they didn't do a lot of the race stuff 
really the one the one um the one thing was the the meeting between between the two guys at the country club where he's like i'm glad you took your yeah. hoods off and he farted and shitted and then grabbed a thick looking motherfucker yeah <laughs> they made some jokes about it he said no is he the cops no no he's just white yeah <laughs> like it just and yeah they do the whole thing where cps comes over and like that's like very uncomfy because of race but like other than that i mean it was like i think they did what they needed to do in that department well did they do the um the the la riots thing too they didn't go into the riots but they did the rodney they did show they did show him seeing it and reacting like see that's why i'm doing this it was like very clear like i gotta keep them off the streets like it was just more motivation for him to keep them off the streets not just the not just the tennis players kids but like all the kids i I think showing the fact that he's hard on all the kids is kind of what makes him different than joe well one of the things that makes him different than say a joe jackson or we all know or i've seen the overbearing sports father story we all seen he got game right so like we've seen that and you have to differentiate for him. And the way they were able to do that is to show he's not just hard on these women because they play tennis and because he cares about tennis, he was hard on all his kids like that. They, you got to study. And in the CPS scene, you get to really put a crescendo on that when he's like, you, you know, I got future doctors and lawyers and tennis pros in this house. And he says tennis pros last. So he says, you know, I have doctors and lawyers in this house. So it shows that he's pushing, trying to push all of these kids, or at least the ones that live in this house. We're not going to talk about those other kids. Yeah, all <laughs> the kids that live with them, he's hard on. The rest of he's them. He's trying to be, push them hey, all to greatness. Hey, the rest of them, they, they are wherever they at. Like, that's none of my business. But. <laughs> they got to get it how they live. <laughs> my name is Paul, and that's between y'all. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, the, the, the story, you know, of, like I said, it's, it's the Williams is to tell, but it, it's also like you had two kids by, by this, by this woman who, all right, I'm going to take these two kids. The one, the three kids that you had by that other dude, I, they ain't going to be, they ain't going to oh. be tenant. Yeah. They ain't going to be tennis stars. Like, but they can you know, come to Florida, but like they like this ain't about them. Like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> they can come to Florida with us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I it is a it is a crazy story, a crazy called shot by that guy. Um, you, t- we can go from the we can go from the beginning, but TG, you wanted to talk about the whole gang violence uh shit. Right. because it, it takes a, a crazy dark turn in the first third of the movie before it starts to like. I don't even know how to because it doesn't like it picks up definitely because you know money and all that stuff but like it takes like a wild turn like it's gonna be a dark movie it felt so unrealistic to me like go ahead teach that's what i want to talk about let's get down to brass tacks here let's say that the story actually happened exactly how it's presented in this film richie williams was on his way to murder someone after this person had offended him in such a manner that he felt like the person should die for it he shows up to murder this man and somebody shoots that man right before he could murder said man. <laughs> Let's take it from the premise of this is a true story. I have a couple issues and then I have a couple issues if it's not true, but we'll get to that later. It's not. First of all, okay, let's say this is a true story. Why would he not be investigated by the cops? Here's the evidence that we had against him. Everybody saw him get beat up in the park by these gentlemen. One of those gentlemen turned up dead at the same time where someone could have spotted his busted ass bus at the scene of the crime because nobody else drives a car like that. And the cops never showed up to this dude's house 
everything points towards you. I've seen a couple episodes of Law and Order. I know that the <laughs> cops in LA, especially the cop cops around Compton, are going to throw him in jail and figure it out later. Okay, let's assume that the story is not the true. other gang didn't snitch. <laughs> let's assume the story is not true. Let's assume that this story never happened. Did Richard Williams actually kill this person? And it was written in this way so that we could not talk about the fact that Richard Williams has murdered someone. I did not understand the inclusion of this scene in this film. It made me have way more questions than it made me feel like I had answers. I didn't understand why that's a prison movie at all. Yeah, were they just like, we got to get rid of this, this gang member. Like, this just can't. The story has to end right now. Like, we're done with this. We got to kill this guy. Like, that was so funny. Yeah, because weird. the other gang members come back and they're just like, guarding the tennis courts now from intruders like i you're winning now so we so we got you like that other guy's dead don't worry about it uh we got yeah, you. they were just like hey yo, who this white man that's put you at the tennis court that's that's not normal that can't happen white <laughs> people playing tennis <laughs> that's what? suspicious that's weird no i didn't i I, maybe it's some sort of like oh it's never worth it like people will get theirs i guess sort of thing like or is it just like or how like, lucky how lucky is richard williams that like he wished death upon somebody and it happened like what <laughs> all my enemies shall die like, those who is, trespass is it just against. like a, this is just you know how fucking wild it is in compton they're from compton and you know, people die every day. Like, is that what they're going for? I don't know. It it was so fucking weird. And it took me out of the movie for a second because it was like, this feels just utterly ridiculous and like Hollywood. And I feel like they're trying to tell a mostly true story. So why would they do that? Like throwing this very randomly, like obviously fake thing. I don't, I didn't like that. Weird I don't choice. know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, especially because what we know about their personal life and their sister later on like Extremely in real life choice man i, um, I do not understand why they did that yeah i, I don't know i uh, the all the side characters i think were really great um i think the the it, like you said dex the underrated person in this movie is uh the woman that plays uh their mom uh and you know she gets her moment in the kitchen and stuff and i really uh like that scene and that's what made me not like that. She actually like that phrase that you just used. And she, she happens to be in a kitchen. <laughs> the yeah. way that you phrased that <laughs> shit. Uh, the way in which that was phrased. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> she there, gets a moment in the kitchen. There is a scene where, where her and Richard Williams are in the kitchen. And she, well, I mean, she is making a sandwich, but uh, <laughs> quite literally. Oh, uh, my God. Good Lord. Anyway, she she gets her moment where she gets to, like, call him out for basically being scared and afraid to, like, you know, take the next step, which that's what I thought was really nuanced about it, too, because it's like, all you know, this guy's uber confident and everything, but she sees right through it, like all of his failed businesses, all his stuff. Like he's afraid that he's afraid that she'll get beat and she'll fail and they won't get what they've come to do. You know what I mean? And also I really called like, them out for being an asshole. Yeah, true. Yes, she yes. was also the same as well. Gas, like, like let, let's also not get it twisted. 
Richard Williams, not the best husband either. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like very gaslighty in this movie. And they do a pretty good job of that. Like very gaslighty, very overbearing, very controlling, you know, nearly leaves his kids like on the side of the road. Like, no matter what you think, like, come on, what man. What the hell was that about? That didn't like the neighborhood I would be leaving my kids and teach them a lesson. That didn't look like where I would leave my kids. I would yeah. walk the streets to get home in Compton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get my kids out the hood, but I'm going to make you walk through the hood real quick just to show you, like, you want some bullshit. What? Yeah. Um, so she gets her moment where she calls him out. And I really enjoyed that scene, though, because, you know, it, it is very much like clip this for best supporting actress contention but it was i I don't know it was really good yeah that scene was really well done because like that could have felt like you know something they added in later after they saw like some early criticism of the movie and they were like oh we gotta let people know that we know that richard is an asshole and like we remember that he has other kids like this is that scene where we're just gonna like throw all that in there or whatever but she gives such a good performance that it never feels that way. You feel like it's like a genuinely good, like part of the movie that's like important and makes sense. And like, it's been building to that. Like, you know, she is like, you, you know, you don't get all the credit for this. Like I'm out here coaching these kids too. Like they're putting in a hell of like, obviously they're putting in a bunch of work. Like, you know, we're all putting in work for this. She we're got all, an extended like, coaching scene. Yeah. Like, I appreciate like, how they did that. Cause it definitely could have felt just like, they're like, Oh, we got to, you know, check these boxes so that, like, you know, the tractors from this movie yeah. get off her ass, but it didn't feel that way at all to me. I mean, she, like, Richard Williams is the one that's literally, like, in the Tennis Hall of Fame. Like, he is credited for all of this, but, like, it really, it, it was, a, it did a good job, I think, of actually including, like, man, these are two of her kids, too. Like, these are her two kids, too. Like, she had to work work a couple jobs she had to she went and trained with him too she like Mm -hmm. you know it goes out it does go out of the way to like i changed her stance and i did all this but it like like you got to include that stuff otherwise it like feels disingenuous yeah you know it doesn't feel true just like the movie's called king richard but it's never just like oh yeah richard was just the greatest guy ever all the time and you know he shit roses and all this other stuff like no it's like he he kind of sucks sometimes, but he was, he was mostly right. Like, he mostly knew what the fuck he was doing. Like, obviously, it worked. So, you know, I thought the movie did did really well, like, to tell their story and to give us kind of all of it. I think that's the kind of nuance that you can get when the people who lived it are involved with the storytelling. And I know that's not always possible. Sometimes we're telling stories that maybe nobody's alive to help tell. But to the extent that people are alive and you're trying to tell their story, it just makes sense to have them around in some capacity because you have to be able to bring that stuff out. And if you are just writing about something that you didn't really experience, maybe you wouldn't realize how much of a role characters like the mother played in this whole thing. Maybe you just imagine she was just like a regular mom, as opposed to I'm out there running around coaching y'all doing the same thing. I just like, I'm not just a passenger on the train. Uh, And I really, it, it really does make the movie feel more real and more whole than the typical biopic because it feels like there's some touches around the edges of the movie that make you really show that we've really tried to consider everything and everybody that was involved in this and exactly how it might have felt. And that comes through in the movie. This is also a weird movie. Like we were talking kind of, uh, you know, making fun of the Kurt Warner movie that's going to come out uh, mostly because it looks like ass, but like it, it like, (laughs) 
Kurt Warner is just like a dude that you see on TV. Like, yeah, in a sense, like, Serena Williams, like Richard Williams is still very much alive. You know what I mean? Kurt like, Warner won a Super Bowl. And I know yeah. that you guys don't remember when Kurt Warner won the Super Bowl, but I do. But that movie still looks like trash. But I don't want to minimize Kurt Warner. He did win a Super Bowl after he was bagging groceries. And white people love that story. That shit was everywhere. I don't want to minimize. I don't want to minimize Kurt Warner either. It's an amazing story. I just want to like, like Royden said, he's just a dude you see on TV all the time. Like, like any, <laughs> any, any given weekend, he might say some just absolutely wild shit and make you like hate Kurt Warner. It's definitely a possibility. He's on live television every fucking week. Like he seems like a nice man, but one day he might just say just up and say some of the most foul shit you've ever heard in your life. And you gotta be like, okay, well, I gotta throw the Kurt Warner movie in the trash. Kurt Warner sucks. Isn't yeah. this the case with every biopic that we make about a person who is alive? Yeah, well, Sabrina they, could say some wild shit tomorrow too. Sabrina could come out and be like Shuri and start saying the vaccine is bad. She can do that tomorrow. Yeah, uh, she could, but she's not like on TV all the time talking to us. Like, there's still some I don't know, man. separation there's, there. Like, there's like, a little bit of mystique. There's like some uh, there's like open door architectural digest interviews that you can go watch with Serena Williams. She's just like married to the Reddit guy. Like it's just like you like it, it's just a weird movie that you can like that you get to also write about yourself. Like, yeah, it's their story to tell. They were there. They should be able to do that if you have the opportunity. But it's just like they're all just 40. You know, like, <laughs> like it, it's, just, it's always weird to me to like, oh, these biopics about these people like Richard Williams. I mean, he's like in his 80s, I think now. But like, but like, he's still very much around. You yeah, know? This, this feels like a movie that came out. Like, if you didn't know who Richard Williams was before this, you would watch this movie and assume he was dead. Like, yeah, it's like Ray. <laughs> like he died a year before. Yeah, you would assume that he was dead, like when this movie came out. But no, nah, my man is still going. They say he's probably not gonna watch the movie, which like I I doubt, but you know that's what they say. But you know what I thought watching this movie? I thought, man, there was a there's a universe out there where this guy could have turned into Levar Ball, except for Levar, except for if Levar Ball was right about literally everything from yeah. the beginning. This yeah. guy could have been if if somebody if Levar Ball had come out and said, I think Lonzo's going to be the greatest personal player of all time, and then his brother's going to be the greatest player of all time, and then his other brother's going to be the greatest player of all time, and it actually happened. Can you imagine like what that would have been like? Richard Williams is, was obviously a very outspoken guy and offended a lot of people, but he was not a troll like Lavar Ball is, thank God. Because there's a universe in which he could have done that and been right, and he would have been the most hated black man of all time. Which is a very yeah. weird list to be on. Having having so Richard Williams having social media like as Venus and Serena are trying to come up. What <laughs> this would have been, been fucking bad. insane. <laughs> well, I do wanna I do wanna ask y'all like about you know people being involved in their biopics because I actually don't like that as a general rule. I feel like that shouldn't be the case for most stories. Like obviously with like Venus and Serena, like it works, it helps the film be better or whatever. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff like most people who unfortunately are, Sorry, go ahead. Most people who are worth making biopics about, there's some things that like they just cannot be honest with, like, and like they just can't like possibly tell you the best like version of that story. Like the Mike Tyson movie that's coming out. Mike Tyson is like supposed to be like heavily involved or whatever, but like Mike Tyson's not gonna be honest about like his rape situation like, e from back in the day, you know? Like we can't do that, you know? He's and going so to honestly delete that from the movie and that won't even come up. Yeah, so it's like we can't like because I don't know we're what involved, you're talking we about. We can't tell like the like the honest version of like 
I mean, he says he didn't do it. I guess we don't actually know, but like he was convicted of like raping someone. And so like, we can't, we can't accurately tell that in the movie that it's like under your control or whatever, like that kind of thing. I'm always like, I, I would rather you just not, that is not very involved, tricky. You know, a that's, lot of, a lot tricky. of times, unfortunately, the only way that you get access to these rights of these persons likeness or life, I think is like in, in, uh, I don't know, with 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 uh, their estates approval. And so I think like you see where it goes wrong, too, because it's like the the it, like the Freddie Mercury story sponsored by Queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that or, you know, and I think like Johnny Cash is fine, but we've seen Elvis done a thousand different ways, not like never great always you know why do they make biopics about elvis why i don't know elvis he, like as a person is very very interesting to me like the the cool thing about elvis if you even like elvis at all is just the music like i don't need the, the story like but yeah i mean we've seen like you just don't you don't always get like the a lot of true details and then you know sometimes some of these things come out and they aren't uh sanitized or uh, i'll you know, some things they take out, but like they aren't sanitized because the guy was like, I was a raging piece of shit. Here's what my rage. Like they, I felt like the Elton John story did a really rocket man did a really good job of that because he was honest. And obviously Elton John was involved in that movie, you know? So like I, sometimes the person is honest, but a lot of the times the only way that you get uh, that is with the estate's participation in the movie. Otherwise like, but you know, sometimes you get movies that aren't, great like uh i call it yeah the freddie mercury mercury story sponsored by sponsored by queen so yeah. it's, it's, we have to decide what we want right because with dex it makes a very great point however it, when they make the one take podcast feature film in 10 years and they have to get dex's permission to use his life rights are you just going to decline to be involved and just let somebody else go tell your story without you knowing anything about it, you're just going to walk into a movie theater one day and see them potentially slandering you or saying shit about you that you're uh, like, holy shit, how did this happen? Uh, <laughs> I can't just let some... Ra- I don't even know this person. I can't just let you write a movie about me. I don't know what the hell you about to say. I don't know yeah, who the hell you talk to. I can't have you like sifting through hours and hours of my tweets to be like, okay, this is this is the Dexent story. Like, <laughs> like no, nah, we- <laughs> somewhere around the seventy fifth podcast, Royden started gaining thirty pounds. How did that? Happen? <laughs> hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey! Well, I think there's got like, I think a, a certain level of involvement. I'm really cool with like, you know, obviously like interview these people, like get their side of it or whatever. But when it comes to like them having like control or whatever or making like autobiographical being the, being the producer is a whole different thing yeah, yeah. you are literally the producer then like obviously if something is placed in the movie that maybe venus or serena wouldn't have liked all of a sudden now it's like i can't put they're not going to produce my film if this part is in the movie so we just gotta nix it and that does create a weird uh, a, definitely a weird conflict of interest. There. Yeah, like the last dance was incredible. I loved it, but also like Michael Jordan was heavily involved. Like there's, you can only say certain shit about Michael Jordan. I was just like, going to use that example because that shit fucking banged. I don't care that he was involved. <laughs> I care that I had 10 hours of the most fun of my life at a time where I really needed some fun. That's all I care about. Yeah, really so it's a, it's a weird line. Who cares about the truth? Yeah. yeah, fuck it. Like, but <laughs> Scotty yeah. Pippen. Like you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> You can't do House of Gucci like 
and you got to talk to Patricia about like her involvement or whatever and make sure she clears everything. She says she didn't murder that guy. Like, come on, like we can't involve you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they make whatever yeah, stupid ass like Joe Exotic thing. He's going to be like, I never actually ever did that. And you're just going to be like, all right. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a hard line to walk, but I think they did it well in this movie. Like, it, it's real. like, it's not really their story. It's a bad story, which I think kind of helps them. And we could talk about that too. Like there were a lot of critics, most of them white, who were like, "Oh my God, why is this movie about uh, Richard what Williams the hell and not was about, that about? Sense Arena? How are you like taking away their agency and their like own success or whatever?" Just like, fam, like, did you look at the credits? They made this movie. <laughs> did you literally look at the credits like just one time? The Venus and Serena Williams PGA, and I think another <laughs> sister was involved too. Yeah, like how are you? Have you not seen any of the like interviews they done like about this movie? Like, how are, how are you thinking that anyone was like taking something away from them? Come on, man. I mean, Richard Williams is literally like a tennis hall of famer. Like he's, I mean, granted, is that off the backs of his daughters actually becoming these people? Yeah, sure. But like, he did it. You know what I mean? It is it is such a weird kind of line to toe. But I I think. I think it's a story. I think it's definitely a story worth telling, especially like some of the stuff anecdotes like he gives in the movie about like him being beaten by white people in Shreveport, Louisiana and like his story and all that stuff. Now, it, it, I think it's just compelling. Like it just is like because yeah. we know about his dad but, was horrifying. Hearing somebody yeah. say that to their kid is just like, oh, my. Imagine what kind of trauma that would put on a person like your dad is watching you just get beat the shit by these people and he's the cause of you being here anyway and he just runs away like i, yeah. I couldn't imagine something like that. and 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 he's a compelling character like even if this wasn't even this wasn't true none of this was true somebody just wrote this from scratch wrote king richard out of the the confines of their mind somehow that is such a compelling character with demons and obviously like mm -hmm. stuff he hasn't dealt with and that he's using to like funnel into his kids and all that. It's just layers on layers on layers. So it's a compelling figure to like make a movie about. Um, but yeah, and there's only yeah. like, if you're going to tell a Venus and Serena Williams story, it's, I feel like that's very hard to do well in a movie at the same time. Like, cause like Richard, obviously like, you know, there's a lot that he's overcoming. Like, obviously that's how the whole movie works, but with them, it's like, Okay, they were poor, they're black, they're playing tennis, and now they're really good at tennis. No, they're great. Like, yeah, and that's we it. Know. Like, that's we that's know. not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a movie. <laughs> I mean, they, quite literally. They and now they're oh really great God. tennis players. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a movie. That's not a movie. Like, you can't just do that. Like, that's not. Or at least it's a movie. movie that you would have seen in like the mid 2000s. Like, now the lifetime yeah now the now the <laughs> black swim team is going to go up against the white swim team like swimming like it's just <laughs> like or you know <laughs> what was the one thing like uh, the spelling like the the black spelling team or whatever uh, like, or oh debate. yeah Akila and the beef or yeah, the uh, the uh, the great debaters or whatever it was uh, yeah, yeah 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 so it's just like one of those things where it's like you know they were poor now they're not they're also black and they're playing tennis. It's why I remember yeah, the yeah. Titans works. It's not necessarily about 
like you got to show us the journey like we have to see that these people have went through something just being like oh we don't live in the best neighborhood and all we do is play tennis all day isn't that compelling without showing me more remember the titans you're seeing it up you kind of see it up close you kind of see what they're dealing with up close so that by the time we get to our big superhero moment at the end you've seen them go through enough to be like okay now i'm really rooting for them it feels really good when they win so I thought that this movie did a great job of that when obviously what they showed wasn't a win, but then when the movie ends with Venus walking outside the empty stadium and there's people out there, I, I didn't like do a full on boohoo, but I got teary eyed. Like it was, it moved yeah. me that much when that happened. Uh, that's the kind of thing you can only get. You can only evoke that emotion from the audience if they have a vested interest in what they're seeing and they don't have a vested interest in what they're seeing unless we've seen what this person had to get through to get here. And I thought they did an amazing job of keeping that in the front of their brain as they wrote this script. I, I just, I was floored by it. I thought it was really good. Also quite literally, we like, you're still writing Serena, mostly Serena Williams story, like Venus and Serena's story. Like we all know it. It's all still going on. Like they've been at the forefront of, mass media and tennis like the, the even the more like i don't know if tennis is ever going to be as famous if it was maybe like in the 90s but it's only gotten bigger really like we can say it's not as famous but or not as but they're still making millions of dollars and they're all like their sponsors the sponsorship shit with this is crazy you know what i mean maybe tennis reached its peak like like basketball was reaching its peak in the 90s too with all of this and they had a hand in that, but it their story is still going. You know what it I mean? Is, it is insane to show a family who comes from nothing and have never had anything look down the face of a Nike executive who's offering their 14-year-old $3 million. We've nah. never had a dollar. They're offering me $3 million. Obviously, he made the right decision. And being away from it and being able to see it as somebody else's story, it's very easy to see. Oh, no, they're, if they're offering you $3 million, that's because they think you're worth $10 million. You got to say no to that because even if you go out there and just compete well and it just looks cool enough and it just gets enough attention, Nike's going to pay you the money. But from the inside of that, turning down $3 million is still turning down $3 million. We see athletes who have already made money turn down deals or, or take deals all the time that we know as people watching the sport they should take. These people had nothing and they turned down $3 million. It's insane to watch that happen. It was the wrong deal. They were right to turn it down. I just like, no, no, not at all. (laughs) Not, I mean, yes, but no, yes, but also no. It's just, you can put yourself in that position. You can turn down $3 million when somebody else is paying for all your housing and food and shit anyway. That's true, too. That's true. Like if they were still in, like if they were in their living room in Compton and like turning that down, that's different. <laughs> also, that tennis coach, uh, which I thought was a really you know funny, different performance from John Barenthal than he's like normally playing. Love John Barenthal yeah, in this uh, movie. And um, um, that tennis coach, he gets fifteen percent. He had to be like, God damn it! Oh. <laughs> You can kind of see him like keeping it together, but like I, I'm going to make a ton of money. Please, let's get the. We are literally gambling right now. Let's walk yeah. away from the table while we're hot. And yeah. just he kind of see the internal struggle of like I want to. I do believe in this student, but also like oh my god, like how do we keep gambling this hot hand that we have? He did a great job of this performance. I loved. I also loved who plays the first coach that he fires. Tony, Tony Goldwyn. 
He also did a great job. They, yeah, I thought they both scandal. Fitz. <laughs> oh, that was Fitz. That every is time Fitz. I see him, I'm like, oh shit! Like he was fucking Olivia Pope. <laughs> I knew I knew him from somewhere. I'm like, I know this tall white man. Um, the interactions between he and the two coaches were golden too, because you could just see on both those dudes' faces how much how annoying he was. <laughs> Like, God, dude, you're, you're like, yes, you're right. Your girls are prodigies. Can we figure that out? Can we put that to the test? That'd be great if we could make some money off of this. Because in tennis, you can literally just start making money when you're like 10. Like, you can just start. It doesn't matter. Like, it, like there's no rules, whatever. I it, ended up, like, when I was, like, looking up stuff again for this movie, because I saw it, like, when it first came out. So it's been a little bit, and I haven't watched it again since. But... I was like looking up some of the like the other tennis players that are in it, and I fell in like this Wikipedia hole of, you know, like the highest career yeah. earnings from women's tennis, and like Serena Williams is up by like fifty million. On yeah, Jesus. number two, <laughs> like Serena Williams has made ninety four and a half million. Venus has made forty two million, and then third is Maria Sharapova at like who don't even play tennis seven. anymore. Yeah, like looking at all these names. Wait, like, how did you just people... say Maria Sharapova made $38.7 million? Yes, like for tennis prize money, not even from like endorsement deals, just like. But she never won anything. Prize money. She oh. won $38 million worth of Being white is a Chico. That is insane. And, no disrespect uh, to that woman, but come on, bro. Number five on this list is a name that I haven't thought about in a long time and like tells you kind of the gap between like Venus and Serena and like all the other people that they tried to make stars in tennis, Caroline Wozniacki made $35 million playing <laughs> tennis. That's insane. No yeah. one thought about Caroline Wozniacki in years. Yeah. <laughs> it That's really, insane. it really goes to show how profitable they are on like Serena, obviously like she has the most titles, I think, but she doesn't have anywhere close to like the most wins. Like she's like fifth on the list or something like that. But like, you know, it, it really does show how profitable and like they just they just are they're just like money-making gods both her and her sister and the fact that the fact that these tennis coaches knew that they knew the story was great and they were just like hey can we start like making some money off of this you can start making some money off of this. <laughs> and it was just like no it's like you had to be gritting your teeth especially um what what's uh macy i guess make 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 macy macy yeah it just you know he's like i'm paying for your house and he says it in the movie too he's like hey who's paying for that house and <laughs> and richard williams goes oh you're better than that don't do don't that, do that. Like, you're better than that uh I'm, I will not do that. I'm not better than that <laughs> i will not. admit right here i'm not better than that <laughs> i'm not better i'm paying for your car i paid you to live here you are on my staff i'm paying you to be on my staff and you still say i work for you bitch Mm. <laughs> like you're driving my golf to keep cart it together. around my tennis like facility like get the fuck out of here you know how they get it together because get... they were literally stuck like he, he had he knew they all knew that they were stars like they just knew which is crazy to think every time you get upset just go look at venus's right forearm or or serena's backswing and just say it'll be worth it in the end Woosa, i'm not gonna get angry i'm sure he had to do that a lot because obviously people could see now these these girls if we could make this work they're going to destroy tennis 
the, the way that they filmed the scenes with all the juniors where Venus and Serena are literally destroying these little white girls was incredible content. She was yep. 63 and oh, they were <laughs> she was destroying uh, the way that they showed this on the screen. The, the difference in talent between the two sides, they found the prissiest little white girls they could find to play these parts because those white girls were getting smoked. It was insane <laughs> to watch them get smoked like that. I thought it was great. I thought the uh, I thought the the scenes of, of showing the the uh, affluent the other parents. White, yeah, yeah, the affluent parents and the white getting so frustrated. I was like, <laughs> that's that's very funny. That has to be the same feeling that like country club people when like tiger woods started coming up they're like god man this motherfucker like, like if tiger woods wasn't such a horrible person and a crazy sex addict his his movie would have been some fucking fire but also his dad is like joe jackson his dad is very different his yeah like, there's also his dad was very different bro this also could be like a like he's come to you know tiger woods has come to grips with his dad or come to turn maybe like he's coming to turn uh but i'll watch that movie but yeah, it, 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 this could be a you know uh what was his net dad's name Woods? What was his uh, Earl? Was it Earl? It was Earl Woods. Yeah. So this could have been his like that story too. But it, it just it worked out, and they all have like great things to say because I mean, also like I said, it's nuanced. They just made sure mm-hmm. like they we're going to Disneyland or we're going to Disney World. You know, they're not going to play because I want them to have like a like a childhood, which is commendable i guess but you know you also got him practicing out in the rain at like 10 o'clock at night so i don't yeah, know if, if tiger woods made a movie about his dad it would have a very different tone yeah extremely different tone yeah and like speaking of like all the white affluent kids or whatever like this this story it's it's great because it worked out but like if it's one of those like just random white kids who like their parents has them out in the rain like practice tennis or whatever <laughs> Or like even like in even in Texas, like bringing it back local, like all these kids who were like, oh yeah, my kid's gonna be a star quarterback. So you know, I'm sending him every fucking camp, and he's like doing nothing but throwing drills all the fucking time or whatever. And their kid like turns out to be Tate Martell. Like it's like a very bad movie. We look I was gonna say Spencer Rattler, but I like Tate Martell better. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Manziel story is gonna be fire. Oh, that's all I gotta yes, say. That's only because he turned out good, but I do want to see. The story of an extremely swaggerless failure quarterback like Tate Martell. I would love to watch this film. Just to be like the crescendo of the movie is just constant failure and transfer requests. I'm in. Well, we, I'm we've totally all seen in. it. We've all seen it play out in real life. He was part of that QB1 show that uh, the creator of Friday Night Lights made. Oh, that's Paul, right. Paul Berg yeah. made where they literally like went to high schools and followed these like 17 year olds around with cameras like as a reality show. And he was like one of the first ones that ever did it. If I remember correctly, did any and, of those kids end up being good? <laughs> um, I don't know, because I know Spencer Rattler was on it. Tate Martell was on it before he was, but like that kid, the, there's like the kid, the Florida State kid who was number one in his class. Was Kyler and, uh, Murray the, on it? The, the Kyler maybe Murray was on that show. I don't know, maybe. That's just like that kid that uh, from Last Chance U, who he was number one quarterback in the country, went to Florida State. Yeah, ended up ended up transferring, and then was the Last Chance U quarterback, and then got back into D one, but you just never like saw him again. Like he just he Tate Martell did. You just never saw him play. Tate, Tate Martell becoming like the the manager at an enterprise, rent a car. Like <laughs> at the end of the movie, <laughs> insurance salesman Tate Martell. Oh my uh, god. 
Sam uh, gets a real estate license. <laughs> doesn't pass the test. He has to take it again. Um, Tate Martell, Jake Fromm, Tavon Bowers, Justin Fields. Okay, uh, shout out. Real Mitchell, Sam Hartman, Spencer Rattler, uh, Lance Le Gendry, and Nick Scalzo. So they got one NFL quarterback who's like not a starter yet, but number those numbers make sense. I guess that's yeah. a, that's a that's a good hit rate as we could have expected. Yeah, I, I, you know Jake Fromm, he he had his moment at Georgia. Didn't he's in know. the NFL? He's back up to Josh Allen. He's never going to play, but he's there. <laughs> um, no, I don't know, man. The yeah, the the white affluence scene is really, really, really funny to me because it's just like, like, oh, are you kidding? They don't even have Nikes on. It also hits on a like a cultural touch point of like there have been moments in the career, famously publicized moments in the career of both these women where they have kind of rubbed against the white, very affluent culture of tennis because they're different and there becomes problems when Serena is yelling at the umpire or when Serena is being a little bit too aggressive, it, it becomes a big deal because of who these people are. So kind of the things they're touching on in this movie, you know, you know people, Serena Williams is doing the, the crip walk at a tennis event. And then like a month later, when white people realize that what the crip walk refers to, now people want to talk about the fact that she's doing gang dances when really she's doing a dance on whatever the version of TikTok was that if you existed at that time, she's not in a fucking gang. She's just doing a dance. But they have moments like that throughout their careers where their blackness and the culture of them kind of clashes with the affluent culture of these white tennis people who are very rich and snobby. So I really appreciated the fact that you see like, yeah, this has been happening since the beginning. It was probably even much worse. And as time passes, hopefully it gets a little better. But in the 80s, Nobody has seen niggas play tennis before, so it was just like <laughs> misunderstandings that would happen. It not like tennis is one of those sports, literally like golf. Usually, I mean, golf even you have a little bit more access to, but tennis is really one of those sports where you normally start from affluence. Like it isn't, it isn't soccer. Like somebody found Messi playing in like yeah, like at twelve, you know, and like uh, that kid's gonna be great. Or it's not like you know, like I said, Carlos Correa, like growing up swinging hammers in in puerto rico you know before he got to a baseball academy it, it just it like you it isn't one of those sports uh i think it was andrew jones literally in the dominican republic like got his swing from like swinging a sledgehammer like that's wow. how hard he swung <laughs> like that i i think that may be an urban legend but yeah it's just like it isn't one of those the barrier to entry is a lot higher yeah. And then some of these sports. So um, I don't I mean, I'd argue the barrier to entry to any professional sport is near impossible. But like, yeah, the I barrier. Mean, yeah, it's like it's got to be high just like yeah. by necessity. But yeah, but the barrier to entry to tennis, I feel like you have to start at a certain place for most things because you get these trainers that then get you into these tournaments that then get yeah. you sponsors. You know what I mean? You normally have to pay for these trainers. Like you don't, unless you're an absolute goddamn prodigy, like these girls were, you aren't getting them for free. And so Richard Williams, basically like being a door to door salesman of his, this sounds bad of his kids. Like, but it is true. <laughs> like, Hey, check out this videotape. Yay. Check out this brochure. 
Like uh, that's it's weird. Like it that was is so great. Very very strange. Yes. Yeah. So and I I, I can't blame them for being like nah, bro. Like you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm good. Like that dude. Uh, I don't think they even gave him a name, but the dude who was like, if I had a if I had a dollar for every, you know, like father who thinks their kid's gonna be great, I'd be a rich man. And he's like, same pretty rich. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that because he i mean this guy probably hears this something like this once a week hey my kid's gonna be the next big thing at some point you just stop listening like shut up people like your kids are probably just normal like and all of a sudden somebody comes and they mean it and they actually it turns out to be true it has to be oh shit he was right yeah yeah it's like getting freezing cold take like the one time that you have a bad prediction <laughs> this man is probably like coach of legends and that's why, you know, Richard Williams was all on him. But, you know, he missed on these two random people. And now, oh, I'm the idiot in the movie. <laughs> I did say there's like 70 little white girls that are now in their 40s that are just like, yeah, I got my ass beat by, by Venus Williams <laughs> in <laughs> California. You wouldn't even believe. Like, yeah, it's just it's just funny to me. Those are some um, of my favorite stories. Like, Bomani Jones does that on his podcast from time to time, where a lot of people talk about like playing future pro athletes when they were like in high school. Or <laughs> there was there was a time when like uh, my cousin and w- when like we were playing Beaumont Ozan when they were rocking and rolling in the early two thousands with Kendrick Perkins. Uh, he said it wasn't even fair. Like it just like. <laughs> Like you had to, you had to play. It was just like a bunch of white kids in Livingston, Texas, had to go play Beaumont Ozan. They just like scored like fifty. <laughs> I played against TJ Ford in high school, and I will oh, not talk shit. about that experience. <laughs> One of my older cousins, he uh, he played against Monte Ellis in high school. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he talks about that shit like Monte Ellis is a superhero. You would think Monte Ellis was the greatest <laughs> basketball player. <laughs> time hearing my cousin talk about playing him in high school well look monte <laughs> ellis dropped 40 in the pros so like i you know like in high school you're probably like what is going on in high school he was like this man like he was barely even like acknowledging that we were also on the court he was just kind of doing whatever that he wanted to just shooting from <laughs> everywhere yeah it's like falling out of bounds and shit like there's no reason to fade away it's not like i can defend <laughs> your shot like he's just doing it because it's yeah. good just switching it every time like ball never touched the rim once like oh that has to feel so incredible <laughs> like that has to feel so incredible like pro athletes are not they're not the same as regular humans and it shows itself extremely early if you ever are played like playing against tj ford it was like a joke it was like it was literally like there's nothing that we can do with this guy there's literally nothing that shows, like itself, that shows itself in basketball too. Like there's a bit a comedian does about, about Zion Williamson in high school. You can go find it on, you can go find it on YouTube. It's just, he said, it's like the best palate, palate cleanser for racial violence is watching, <laughs> is watching Zion Williamson <laughs> dominate these five foot nine white kids. Yeah, at these, these private schools. Random South Carolina prep Some of that kids. video is, a, some of those videos are snuff films. Like <laughs> the kind of talent that Zion is playing against, it is criminal what he was doing. Not even kids. close. Like, like <laughs> everybody knew he was better than everybody, but he wasn't even playing close to the same competition. Like he wasn't even playing like other great prospects. You know what I mean? He was playing like Darren who got out of math class. He was playing dudes that now managers at Dairy Queens. Like he was like, (laughs) it wasn't fair that he was doing that to them. 
you know what other sport that doesn't it you you rarely see it uh in in like local media or anything but a sport that you know real quick that other players are better than you to a to the biggest degree is baseball where they're just like (laughs) oh he was throwing 98 in high school (laughs) (laughs) like he had he had he had 28 strikeouts like it's just like how's that even possible it just was this guy was drafted by the detroit tigers i just go to school here i I just go to school here (laughs) just trying to graduate man i just happen to live in this area like (laughs) yeah like like you can maybe you can maybe mess around and hit a couple threes in a basketball game you're never touching nolan Ryan in high school like it just wasn't <laughs> just wasn't going to happen like, yeah, it just, like when you're when you're playing against Monte Ellis or whatever like you're going to score some points you're not going to win the game but like you know your team is going to do something but yeah it's fucking Max Scherzer in high school over there like you're done like, you're yeah. just, everybody go home there was a story like that about Bryce Harper where he was in middle school or something and he was um he got back from a tournament He's from Las Vegas. He got back from a tournament. He was out of state or something. He came back and his uh, mom asked him, hey, uh, how'd you do? He's, he was kind of distraught. He said, oh, I did all right. I did fine. And that was the end of the conversation. Well, his uh, coach called his parents said, hey, how's Bryce doing? Did he tell you how good he did on uh, on Saturday? He said, he said, no. He said he kind of felt bad about it. He said, what? He, he went seven for seven with six home runs and the what? one and the one he didn't hit out was a double he said he was mad because he didn't hit seven home runs <laughs> <laughs> he was just like like oh he's a different kind of person it's like just a different dude you know what i mean uh even to the i had a we played alex caruso at um at AM consolidated and uh this dude literally scored like 35 and he took off from like the like the free throw line and dunked on us i was like oh this is Jesus. like i was little alex caruso running around out there now bald like his hair was receding and everything in high school and he just was like yeah i'm just gonna dunk on these people this is a different sort of thing are you even seeing dudes who like aren't professional athletes or just like D1 like basketball players or whatever? Like Baylor players, they would come through like our gym. We called it the slick. And like we'd always be in there shooting. And then like fucking Brady Heslop shows up. And it's like yeah. it looks like Brady Heslop can't dribble when he's dribbling against other D1 athletes. <laughs> when he's dribbling he against you. you. <laughs> he can even, dribble just fine against you. Even even against that. Uh, football players would come in there and like a six four wide receiver. I yeah, saw like, catch a catch catch an alley oop, and I was like, oh, I can't play. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> I hope oh, he yeah, gets Ramon's Taylor yet once national champion Ramon's Taylor. That dude was literally a superhuman. Like, it would he would he could jump so high, he could run so fast. It was almost unfair. I said, I don't want to. I don't want to play. I don't want to hoop these dudes, bro. <laughs> I have nothing to offer them. I have nothing. I was just shooting on another goal, like kind of waiting for my turn. And I made a couple threes and they're like, Hey, you can come, you can come play. I was like, okay. And then I saw Jay Finley. Uh, if you remember him from, uh, or not Jay Finley, um, Jay Lee, Jay Lee. Thank you. Jay Finley was another basketball player or another football player, but I saw Jay Lee six, four wide receiver played for the lions for a little bit. He literally drove down the baseline and somebody threw him an alley, alley-oop and he just 
one handed, like cocked back and yammed it. And I was like, why am I being? <laughs> I, like, I don't belong why? in this game. <laughs> yeah, why am I being? I can't even dribble with my left hand. I can just shoot a little bit. <laughs> no thanks, man. That just every fucking weekend against Venus and Serena Williams, like yeah. at 14 years old. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going home. This is stupid. This is dumb. I don't even like this. <laughs> like, how many of those girls went home and like, I don't even this doesn't even I don't this doesn't even appeal to me. Like, tennis hadn't even gotten that far. Like they they are 14 years old or 13 and 14 playing against other tennis players that are their age that are already ahead of the turf of where tennis had gone. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, of course I'm going to be, my, my dad is pissed off at me, but what am I supposed to do, bro? I can <laughs> only do so much. It's not my fault that she is nine times above my level, dad. Like stop being an asshole to me. Those scenes were so good. They really brought that out. Like these whole families are frustrated as shit. Because her little girl is not winning the, but Venus Williams is in the tournament, bro. Y'all just don't know who she is yet, but yeah. you're gonna know who she is soon. The the discourse also surrounding them about being bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else is also like they didn't touch on it in this movie, but it is an interesting part of their story as well. It's it's terrible discourse, but the that is a that is an interesting bit of their story that just doesn't really get touched in this because, you know, when they go pro she's 14 playing like 19, 18, 19, 20 year olds. Like, of course she's not bigger or she's not bigger and stronger than them, but she's better than them and might be bigger and stronger than some of them. But yeah, but like, obviously when they're 14, they are, they are, I mean, Serena is extremely strong. She's just physically dominating people with a tennis racket which is insane because you use maybe a little bit of your strength to hit a tennis ball. But if you use too much of your strength, the ball is going to go everywhere. And to have that kind of grace and also that strength. And I'm sure she's just, I'm sure it was like a snuff film. She was just dominating (laughs) people's children at all levels, all across LA and white people were sick about it. I'm sure it was nasty out there. I just want to know how many parents have gone back and been like, yeah, I was a little hard on you. That was Serena. <laughs> that was literally Serena. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was a bit of a I didn't know. I didn't realize who you were playing. I, I had a long day at work that day. I didn't know who you were playing against. I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm look. telling you to, like, give more effort. But, like, uh, how much Serena could you have done? <laughs> Uh, she's 63 and oh mom yeah give me a fucking break oh i'm gonna be the one <laughs> that's the me? ultimate but mom everyone failed the test in school <laughs> but mom it's serena i, I would have been i would have been pissed if i was the kid i was like don't talk to me you put me out there against that I know it. You embarrassed me in front of these people. What did when you I played TJ Ford, I didn't have to guard TJ Ford unless it was on a switch. Thank God. My dad didn't give me shit because TJ Ford put up like 60. It wasn't my fault, one, but also two, my dad quickly realized, oh, there's nothing that y'all can do with this man. He's, <laughs> they, like, I can't be that mad at you. You're doing your best. It's just, you know, that guy is, he's, TJ Ford was like a fucking, it was like God came down to a basketball court for me. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. That's exactly how my my little brother, he played football. Like, his season's over now. He's a senior in high school. But their last game was against Katie High School, which, like, if you don't know, Katie High School, they fucking run the state, basically. Like, like, five-time basically. state yeah. champions. They win, like, the state championships all the time. And my high school has never beaten them in our entire, like, 20-year history of existing because it's just 
it's just not gonna happen. So, <laughs> our, our our last game of the year was against them, and they they got fucking waxed. It was like sixty three to seventeen or whatever, and like. Where my parents upset that my little brother couldn't block these like future like D1 athletes. Nah, they were like, it'd be like that. Like it's, it's Katie. Look, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. A lot of the times you lose some. This is just like this is all bad. the time you lose them to Katie. Yeah. Like it yeah. just is what it is. <laughs> is. Just move on to the next week. It's fun. Yeah. My little just, brother was literally like, you know, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna come to games, just come to come to our second to last one. Don't even bother with coming to the games. <laughs> <laughs> My brother had a story like that where he played offensive line too for Little Livingston High School, and they went to go play like Needland or Port Natchez or something like that. And there was like a five star recruit defensive lineman that was going to Texas A and M, and they're like, "All right, y'all got to double team him." He said it didn't even matter. He said it was just like. <laughs> It was just like <laughs> where he was just like it didn't even matter. <laughs> he was just like we would try to get over there. He'd already be through us. Like it was just wasn't even this, wasn't even playing the same sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah just overmatched high school children, like just getting out of algebra class and then having to block fucking <laughs> Von Miller. Cloudy. Like, Can you imagine having to block Von Miller and you're just like a <laughs> sophomore dude who kind of hangs out with the skaters and like also plays football on the side? I got to block Von Miller? <laughs> what? I failed geometry test today. And I, gotta <laughs> I had a black. I'm having a terrible day. And on top of that, like in this movie, your parents are going to yell at you like when you're you'll never win state. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you just go to like just any public high school and it's just I just happen to live over here. Like I I I I I just happen to live over here. (laughs) I happen to live in the vicinity of this future all pro. Like if you oh, go to like shit. fucking IMG Academy or whatever, and you're playing against like future stars, like you chose that for yourself. Okay, cool. Well, like, yeah, my little brother just happened, happened to, to live, live here, like, <laughs> like near this high school. <laughs> now I gotta fucking try and tackle fucking Andy Dalton. Like, come on. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's just so funny. Football, football is the funniest sport because there was a tweet thread of like said college football is a great sport because uh most of the time the matchups are even, but occasionally you'll get somebody that is going to be a future hall of famer versus a tax attorney. And that's where the magic. happens. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our athletes go pro in something other than sports. Yeah. <laughs> somebody said, somebody said they played Deion Sanders or something. We still talk. They said that we still talk about how he, how bad he did us or something like that. Like just, uh, I wish I could find that. If I find that thread, I'll let you know, but final, <laughs> I love this topic, but final <laughs> thoughts on, on this movie. Um, anything you want to change, anything you would have done besides like the scene that we talked about, um, the, shootout scene yeah, drive by <laughs> so other than movie. that weird story arc i really enjoy it. i wouldn't change anything yeah i would i wouldn't change anything i do just have a, a question though i haven't been able to find an answer at what point did rick macy stop getting his 15 percent? because that was hella lucrative what a great it question went long <laughs> i think they were i think he was his coach they were he was their coach for a long time so 
Yeah, I looked it up. He also coached like Maria Sharapova and a couple like Andy Roddick, like that man rolling in it. Yeah. <laughs> he timed his shit right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's he ain't hurting for much. Um, it was, well, it was Dragonfly Jones that college football is great because every guy on the field is the best football player to come out of his high school in years or perhaps ever. But then you get a matchup where one of the guys is a future nine-time pro bowler and the other guy is a future litigation attorney, and that's where the magic happens. <laughs> uh, Shout incredible. out to We're going to have to get him on the pod one of these days. Oh, He's yeah. great, man. So, oh, yeah, He's I got amazing. a buddy. I've, I've met him. I got a buddy who's a corporate recruiter who had to try to tackle Melvin Gordon in college. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Actually, I, yeah, one of the guys that used—I work at a corporate recruiting firm now. One of the guys who used to work there, his name was DJ Harper. He used to play running back at Boise State. He had like a cup of coffee in the league, basically, like a bunch of training camp invites. And he talks about, like all that shit all the time, just like how fucking hard it is, like being one of the guys that's not gonna make the NFL yeah. roster at a training camp, like. And you're a running back, so it's just like a bunch of dudes who are like trying to prove themselves by hitting like, the shit out of you, hitting the shit out of you, just knocking shit out of you every fucking day. And you're like, bro, I just had my knee like surgically repaired eight <laughs> times. Like, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make it, man. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't the, need all this. This is my favorite one in this thread, and then we'll move on to best dad's draft. My buddy got blistered by a future pro bowler. I went to his advisor's office as soon as their hours opened, said he skipped breakfast to wait and discuss taking school more seriously. <laughs> Damn. I would too. Yeah. Oh man. That's a great, uh, love that thread. All right. Uh, we will do best dad's draft after this ad break from Apollo Houston. I'm going to pause this. Uh, Royden Dextige. Yep. All right. Best dad's draft. Best dad's draft in honor of uh, this dad movie. Um, my number one overall pick is going to be Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince. Dex, your mic is off. Uncle Phil coming to the pool hall to save their asses is one of my favorite episodes of television ever. Like, yeah, every time that shit was on Nick at Night, I was like, I am fucking riveted. I am sitting here watching this shit start to finish. Like, I'm hyped that this shit is back on. Like, yeah. Uncle Phil, legend in the game. And also the, how come he don't want me, man? Yeah. <laughs> Great scene. Great scene. R.I.P. Dex, second pick. Uh, wait, didn't Dex just pick? How's he picking again? No, oh. that was right. I, I picked Uncle Phil. Oh, you picked Uncle Phil. Okay, got good pick. Uh, so I'm gonna go with shit. <laughs> mm. Shit, I'm gonna take Carl Winslow <laughs> just yeah. because, like. He was a, just trying to be a good man. That's all. Family Matters, a uh, little overrated as a show. But Carl Winslow, not overrated as a dad. Just a, just a really nice guy. Just trying to do the best he could for his children and, you know, getting rid of Urkel. I think Urkel was an asshole and that Carl Winslow was right and trying to get rid of him when he could. 
that scene. Carl Winslow explains, confronts bad cops, comes up on YouTube every time. Yeah, well. Man. My first pick, I'm picking Darth Vader. Darth what? Vader is the greatest, greatest father of all time. Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth Vader, if you look at it from his perspective, fucking kids, including my own kids. And maybe Luke was wrong. Maybe Luke's a little asshole and like maybe he's just let me have my way. So like I'm going with Darth Vader because maybe Luke just has bad vibes and nobody ever considers that yeah. when you watch these movies. You ever consider that Luke just had bad vibes? Yeah, you know, I mean, nobody ever thinks about it from Darth, Darth Vader's perspective. So I'm excited for them to tell Darth Vader's story from his perspective because he's awesome. Darth Vader, number one pick for dad draft for me. I mean, my he did pick, cut off his child's hand. He, yeah, because he's a badass. My second pick, John my second pick is John McClane, greatest movie dad of all time. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. He treats, I... his, he treats his kids like shit. He's out there fighting crime, and he cares about his job way more than he cares about his kids. But they brought his kids into the Die Hard series, and it wasn't the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, they weren't the best movies, but they were entertaining enough. Long live Bruce Willis and John McClane, the greatest movie dad of all time. Man, that man hated his family life. <laughs> that dude that dude would have rather been jumping out of buildings than going to actual christmas with his kids justin long is his son and his daughter was another hot white girl i don't remember who she was justin long <laughs> wasn't his son in that movie his, yes he was Wasn't no, he, he wasn't no who was the son his son was in like a later movie but uh his daughter was in that movie and justin long is like a computer nerd that falls oh that's right daughter. justin long is like the love interest of the daughter that's yeah. true all right, so for me, I'm gonna take Mufasa. Great Lion choice. Uh, even in terrible. death, my man was like, "Hey, terrible choice." Got got. Hey, you know, <laughs> got, even got. in death, my man was still dropping gems. Got caught bars. lacking. Got, got, got lacking. caught lacking, bro. No, and put bro. Simba in danger. Simba got caught lacking. Mufasa had to save his ass. Oh, this is also this is also true. Yeah, and like even after. Being dead for like a decade, my man came back in the sky. I was like, "Hey, you got this shit," and Simba had that shit. So, um, my next pick is God. <laughs> ah, good one, Father God. Feels um, like you got a lot of value there in that uh, from that pick yeah, in this from in this Passion round. of the Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Please. <laughs> that 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 one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, he sacrificed his kid. That's way worse than what Darth Vader did. Is it? Facts. But for yes. humanity, though. Yeah, it doesn't make it better. Mm. I mean, Jesus did get caught lacking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. This podcast is being canceled. This podcast uh, is going to be canceled. Judas spun the block. Got it back in blood. <laughs> got it back in blood. <laughs> oh, my God. Quite literally. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, yeah. Eh. Oh my God! Oh, my is that God. actually okay, your pick? No, it is. It's God. Okay. <laughs> it's Father God, Daddy God, for some of you, for some of the weirdos that pray at at church camp. Um, my next pick is uh, Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Oh God damn it! That was literally my choice. <laughs> damn it, Bobby. Love Hank Hill. By the way, incredible. The meme going around, the meme going around of uh, 
of Bobby going in the Texas Longhorn gear going, does it, why does it feel like I want to no, die? Please stop. This is Molly's mm. favorite meme ever. I don't expect <laughs> that meme. But is I it, do love King of the Hill, the amazing show, but fuck that meme. Oh, I'm about to bust. <laughs> Alright, uh I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Uncle Jesse for <laughs> full house. <laughs> Boo. I'm sorry. I I am the the stupid American who loves both Full House and Fuller House. And like oh you like Fuller, you like the Fuller House is so MAGA, dude. <laughs> Hey, let's let's calm down. <laughs> it's just a wholesome, nice American family led by powerful women who are wholesome and God fearing, and you know Which everything that's right. Jesse's in this country. Kids. He like he had, didn't have he had any. twins, like not um, in full okay. house. Okay, I, I thought I was confused. Okay, him and Aunt no, Becky had twins. Oh yeah, they did have twins. Oh, oh you're gonna boys. you're gonna you're gonna say the dude married to Aunt Becky is like a great dad? Okay. <laughs> Hey, do anything to put your kids into college. I respect it. Yeah, we could go William H. Macy and actually make it really literal. (laughs) But yeah, Uncle Jesse. Teach. My first, my third pick is Homer Simpson. Classic TV dad. Don't. Great TV dad. Uh, Secretly loves his kids, but also wants to choke his kids, which I can respect not having any kids i feel like that's probably the way a lot of people feel about their kids at times (laughs) um and my for my last pick i'm going with uh william h macy's character in shameless which i forgot his name but until they started making one of the one of the white kids into a wigger that show was elite content and (laughs) one of the worst dads i've ever seen incredible content for about five seasons which which is not an easy thing to do i Gave up on the show after the Wigger storyline started, but I had a really, really fun time for about five seasons, which is not an easy thing to accomplish. So that show fun. is so bat shit crazy. crazy. <laughs> that guy, some of those moments are brutal. The things that he did to his kids, man. Some of it is so brutal. It's so and, insane and bad. It's just a oh, just bad, mean spirited show. Couldn't get my into honorable it. mention that I know you guys won't pick, so I'm going to mention it here, is Logan Roy, who is the worst dad of all time on the greatest show of all time that you two assholes need to be watching. It is the greatest show on television. I would not lie to you. Y'all already got me watching Insecure, which I'm thoroughly into, by the way. <laughs> Let's go. I got to watch that as soon as we're done with this podcast. Um, so I'm going to say Liam Neeson's character in Taken. Hell yeah. Because... You know, Gotta get her back. <laughs> I will find you and I will kill you. you. What else could you want from a father other than, him, you know, preventing you from getting kidnapped? But, you know. Him to not piss in his pants. Him to not be in his belt. <laughs> that would be great stuff. Him to not, you know, just carry around a club waiting on black people to fuck up so he can kill them. <laughs> that too. That too. Just uh, an insane choice to tell us that. Just unprompted. Like, no yeah. one. No one was asking questions about this. You didn't have to do that. No one asked you. That's fine. No one asked. But hey, 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 I I gotta tell you this thing. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. But really, I need to tell you something racist. Um uh, my next pick is James Madison. Wow. Father of the Constitution. James Madison from Hamilton. Slap like that. Huh? 
<laughs> uh, Teach, have you even read the? As a lawyer, have you even read the Constitution? Unfortunately, many times, but the Constitution does not slap. Have you even read the Constitution, Teach? <laughs> you even know what you're talking about, James Madison, father of the Constitution. Otherwise, we'd be one of those unfree countries like Switzerland. Switzerland probably sounds great. I'm going to move over there. Something it, it, that it I like. Great. Something that I never thought about, like until you know Trump became a thing in our lives that we had to care about. I was gifted a pocket constitution by one of my English teachers in high uh, school. Uh, <laughs> looking back on it, I'm like, this is the most mega ass like parting gift of all time. This all be- those that's incredible carried it around to be like, I in fact have one in my pocket. <laughs> She gave us a pocket constitution, like it was like the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and like some other like historical U.S. documents or whatever. And she like signed them all with like notes for us to remember her by or whatever. And I was like looking back at it, I'm like, that's the most mega ass shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Dex, for you, the right to bear arms. Here's why I think. This- <laughs> I gotta tell you, have you read the Constitution? No, no, I haven't. It's long. Don't want to do yeah. it. Sounds boring. <laughs> it's written a long time ago by a bunch of people with different ideas. I'm fine. Very low scores on Goodreads. I'm okay. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> only has like a 3.7. Before we sign off, y'all, the Spider-Man tickets have gone live right now. So if you're watching this... Uh, all the sites have crashed. You. All the sites are crashing, but keep trying to get your Spider-Man tickets. We almost there, bros. We are so close. I'm going to get them on StubHub for uh, resale. Trying to open the AMC app as we speak. This shit is not loading. <laughs> it's, it's scary hours for all these apps right now, but keep trying. Be vigilant. Yeah, that movie comes out. That's going to be a heck of a time, I will say. Um, I've already had it spoiled. I know the entire plot now. We all know the plot of Spider-Man, right? I need it. I need all of it. I want to mainline it. I, I cannot wait. All right. Any this other is the first time this has ever happened to me, by the way. I'm like on the AMC app trying to get tickets for Spider-Man. And it's like it says that I'm in line to get tickets. Like it's a fucking like sneakers draw or something. This movie yes. is gonna make three this billion dollars. This movie is about to make a bajillion dollars. The I'm gonna see it in the theaters at time least four times. More than an hour. This is insane. Yuck. Ew. <laughs> My Baylor game day tickets. This stinks. Yeah, fucking Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> for three for three minutes of Toby Maguire, get out of my face. I'm in. I, I went to see it. Encanto this weekend. And like obviously it's a kids' movie. There are a bunch of kids in the theater. Insane choice by me. Anyway. Yeah, on a Thanksgiving weekend. Yuck, <laughs> dude. Movie was fire, by the way. Go see it. But or wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. I don't care either one. But the Spider-Man trailer played before and, and one of the kids just kept yelling Spider-Man the entire time. <laughs> just yelling at the screen? Yeah, like every single time that like Tom Holland in the suit came up, he just kept yelling Spider-Man, Spider-Man. His parents were rolling their eyes. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to have to wait more than an hour on fucking AMC.com trying to get tickets for Spider-Man. I got to try to see that week one. That's going to be tough. Good times. Anyway, 
All right. That has been our King Richard movie review and dad draft. Uh, Another you can, banger in the, in the, in the stash. Yeah. You can, uh, you can go find us at one take pod on, on Twitter, one take podcast or one take pod on uh, Instagram, as well as TikTok. by the way, where we are hip and cool. We are with the times. Um, there's probably like 18 other apps that Gen Z knows about that I'm like already behind on, but uh, you can find us there. You can find us one take pod on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, all of your streaming podcast platforms. Um, like besides like AM FM radio, you can probably find us somewhere. So go to Apple, leave us a like and a review. That would really, really help us. Uh, I noticed y'all been saying we got more listeners than our reviews on our podcast on uh, iTunes. So please y'all have iPhones. Y'all ain't, got an android so yeah we can see the analytics ain't no fucking yeah. androids in this audience yeah. <laughs> go go leave us a five-star review leave us a written review we'd really appreciate it thank you so much uh and subscribe to the podcast on itunes so you can get this as soon as it drops or go follow our youtube page and you can watch the unedited uncut live version and see us get up to go pee and all the fun stuff in that we do when we actually pause the show so Go and do that, Teej. I was going to ask what we're doing, but I normally ask Dex that. Sorry. Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support for us, too, baby. I'm a big bag hunter with the bow. She got a big bear, dumper, drop a low. Mama called me and she happy with the grow. Never ever yeah. fall for a body that's a no. Just bought the kidney about a million options. So the stock and I stop doing agreement. I'm rocking green, is bringing the peace. I'm bumping that pot in the car, pretending I got all the eyes on me. Got a bad baby and she's independent. Too many people older than me to seeking attention. When they want me about the goofies, man, I should have listened. And the smell of the money, my strangest addiction. Uh. Tip for dick, I let a lit, I had to dip, I'm on for fifth, I'm a rich now. I bought a whip, I paint a paint, it drive itself the fuck you think, yeah, I'm rich now. Hey little mama, yeah, you heard about me, I'ma pop you like a pea, yeah.